All right, Raiders, Laura Gaga here, also known as Reduction Raider. How you all doing? Hope you've had a good week. So it is an absolute honour to welcome our first class guest. Give it a few moments and you'll see what I did there. So without further ado, let's hear from her. Hi, welcome to this week's guest. Can you start by telling us about yourself? Yes, hello. Um, I'm Selena um, and I'm a mum of two boys. Uh, I've got a partner and I live in Hertfordshire. And yeah, so I've just finished my degree in human nutrition. So I got first class in that. So yeah, over the moon with that. It's been a it's been a goal I've been working towards for yeah the last four years. So I had to do a science foundation followed by a three-year degree. So yeah, just been celebrating that and looking to the next steps in uh, my career with that. So yeah, hopefully in the next few days I'll get some uh, confirmation through that I will have uh, been accepted um, as a registered associate nutritionist. So that just means that all the work that I do is uh, based on scientifically sound evidence. Um, so yeah, uh, at the moment I'm just working with two nutritionists um, as well as doing some recipe developing, uh, delivering wellbeing talks um, and starting to see some clients. So yeah, just trying to really find my place in the, the nutrition working world. Well, congratulations. That is absolutely amazing and juggling all of that with a family too. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a a bit of a roller coaster, shall we say, because we, yeah, threw in COVID halfway through the degree and trying to homeschool and things like that. But yeah, finally got there. And so, yeah, really pleased. Wow. And no doubt they will almost be sort of transferable experiences that you can talk to your future clients about because I guess I'm just thinking um well when it comes to sort of juggling food when you're at home and there's kids running around or something's come up or you've got work pressures or or things to do I guess you know life can be so unpredictable at times yeah and that's really you know something that I try and uh, show or encourage people you know healthy food doesn't have to be um you know you don't have to spend hours in the kitchen um you can create food quite quickly you know against the clock and and things like that and you know even after a you know a long day you can create something in you know five minutes and using what you have um and doing that around a family um and eating as a family as well quite quite into that so I don't tend to cook different meals for me and the, me and the kids it's you know just cooking one meal I'm not gonna do a long day and then start cooking different meals for everybody so yeah just yeah hopefully uh, encourage people to do that as well I love that and I love the cooking the same meal because I think there's something really symbolic in sitting down and sharing meals together and you know for some people it can be the only time that you really have together without distractions um, yeah because you know, people are at work or the tv's on or somebody's out and you know, and I think it's really sort of important for conversation and connection. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, so that, yeah, dinner time really is the one meal during the week that we do um, all sit down together. I mean, if my partner's not home, I'll, I'll be here. And so I do try and sit down with the children as well. Um, and we're all eating the same food. And then that encourages them to, you know, Eat, eat the same things and, and try new foods and, yeah, just catch up on the day, really. So we, We've 
you know, one of the positive things to come out of COVID is what is that we were sitting down, you know, sometimes three times a day eating together. And that was really good. And I did really see a difference in the way that they were eating as well. Um, so, yeah, obviously that's not possible as life goes, you know, back to normal. But we do try um, most evenings um, and definitely the weekend to eat together. And so, I mean, you're touching upon this, but what's your current relationship like with food? So I would say, yeah, so my current relationship with food, I would say I'm, I'm at the most comfortable I've ever been um, in my relationship with food. Sort of just, you know, not really thinking too much about it or overthinking things or stressing about what I'm eating, which is what I used to do, you know, a, a lot previously. So now I'm just, you know, trying to eat that balanced diet, shall we say, being flexible, ditching, you know, the whole diet culture mentality and just oh, and where I'm so busy as well it's just I haven't that that would just be an extra thing to think about almost so I'm just at that stage where you know I'm not I'm not stressing too much just eating what I fancy um you know a lot of quick convenient meals for me grabbing what I can a lot of my food choices and meals are based on you know how quickly can I put them together um, and yeah, so and and recently in the last few years, I've sort of tried to adopt more of a plant-based style eating. Not not I'm not a vegan or anything like that, but just you know, including more plant-based meals for us as a family, um, and and trying to fit more of you know that plant-based eating into into our family diet as well. So that's where I'd say I'm at currently. Um, and during lockdown, we were cooking, you know a lot more from scratch you know three times a day sort of thing um because even as lunch we would treat that as a sort of an almost a dinner time meal um so we'd be cooking again but yeah it did get to a stage when I was like oh god I'm gonna I'm cooking again and again and again even though I do love cooking something you know it did get a bit monotonous because I do you know at the weekends we would go out to eat and and things like that so I'm glad that's slowly coming back into a into our lives as well and so how has this differed from your past relationship with food? So um, I've always been a foodie. So I've always been into food and cooking, like for, you know, since I can remember really. And even as a, as a child, child, I'd, you know, create my recipes and have a cookbook that I'd write all my recipes in and, you know, loved eating out. We did that a lot as a family. And, you know, when we go abroad, love trying new foods and things like that. But um, I've had many different relationships you know like a lot of women went through the whole yo-yo dieting trying to look a certain way um so as a kid it was really sort of just you know eating what we want when we wanted we had healthy dinners but my mum would also just you know let us eat a packet of biscuits if we wanted to it was all you know just eating what we wanted um and I never really thought too much about it and then it was more in my teens you know growing up as your body's changing um i sort of became more aware of you know uh putting on a bit of weight and and that's when I sort of like found diets and it sort of got to a really unhealthy obsession um so when I look back at you know look back now um I think it was just more of a form of control for things that were maybe going on at that time in my life um so it sort of maybe started with oh I want to lose some weight but then it became sort of quite controlling so um so yeah I went through that that stage then came out of that but yeah just from yeah my teens and, and my early 20s just you know the the fad diets the good foods the bad foods the clean eating the 
you know, Atkins diet back in the day, the diet drinks. Um, so yeah, I really went through all of that. And then it changed again after I had my children. Um, because for whatever reason, I just became very, very slim after having them. So then I, you know, always before I'd always watched what I eat and was exercising, exercising to, you know, maybe maintain or lose weight. After I had children, I didn't feel the need to because I was sort of where I'd wanted to be. Um, but then again, that sort of had a negative effect because I wasn't looking after myself. I wasn't sort of, you know, eating nutritious food or, you know, I was thinking about, you know, I'd had a new baby and looking after a family and all that sort of thing. So I, I didn't then just sort of became really low. Um, and it was only really when my partner said to me, he was like, you know, you don't eat properly anymore. You don't go to the gym or exercise because I thought I didn't need to I thought you know I've always ate well and exercised because I want to look a certain way it wasn't I didn't ever think about sort of my the mental health perspective of it so yeah just started engaging back in you know so healthier habits started exercising again eating well and and that's really where my love of nutrition came in and why I went to go on to to study my degree really because I just got really interested in you know what food does in the body you know I was feeling really good um so yeah, that's uh, yeah, really thankful for for my degree, really, because it's really made me relax um, my relationship with food. So you know, knowing that I conclude everything, and it's you know, it doesn't have to be that way. I just think I, I don't know. You just get stuck in that mentality of the good foods, the bad foods, the dieting, and all that sort of thing. So yeah, I just say I'm really, really comfortable now, and don't give it too much thought. <laughs> that's amazing, and so much of what you were saying was really resonating with me and I guess um you know our bodies are our homes we live in our bodies but when you're describing the um being at school and concerned about your weight and I, you know and it had took me back to sort of being at school and going through puberty and you know and suddenly you feel like you're the tallest girl in the class and you know you've got the biggest boobs and, you, and then I guess you're sort of then getting male attention and you don't really know how to sort of process that or manage mm. that there's um all of that going on and then yeah. you know and it also struck me what you used to you know describing being mother and sort of being pregnant and then having your boys you know and and your body's not your own den because you're having to nourish and look after somebody else another being and you know and then there's all of these bodily changes that um were somewhat out of your control as well yeah yeah and it's when I look back now and think about you know when when I was at school and 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 you're right, you do feel, you know, it's uncomfortable with all those changes going on, you don't really know how to handle it. And but that's at a time where, you know, as a a growing teenager, you really need to be looking after yourself and eating well and and, and things like that. But, um, you know, just that sort of diet mentality gets in the way. Um, And again, when and then when you become a mother, you just yeah, don't give yourself (laughs) yourself a second thought. Um, when it comes to looking after sort of what you're eating and, and things like that. So honest, I don't I don't recall as a teenager ever sort of thinking about the nutrition of food or the importance no. of new nutrition. That never entered my mind. I think like you said, it's um in some ways, I sort of, you know, I was acutely aware of the food that I felt like I shouldn't be eating. But yeah. like you said, it then becomes a bit um sort of goal orientated because it's like oh well I shouldn't be eating this because I want to lose weight or I shouldn't be eating this because I want to be smaller 
Yeah. It's yeah. not, you're not thinking about, oh, well, sort of um, your energy levels or your mental capacity or, you know, your well-being. You're not really thinking like that. No, all the focus just seems to be on, like, how you're looking, really, doesn't it? It's not all the really important things about, like, what's going on inside, how you're feeling um, and fueling your body for the day. You've got to be at school and and all those sorts of things. Yeah, I don't remember ever thinking about sort of, you know, those sorts of things. As a teenager, when, when I became aware of, um, you know, what I was eating, it was purely just based on sort of what I looked like, what I was seeing on the TV and magazines and things like that. So, yes, yeah, uh, and I don't know, you know, if it's changed much now. I'm sure the girls of the same age are going through the same things. So, yeah, I, I really hope that as my children grow up, I try and sort of steer them away from from that sort of thing and think about, you know, food is fun and gives us energy and all the all the positive all the positive things that it brings. And I I, I don't imagine it has changed that much. In some ways, I think it's probably got worse because I think, well, you know, like when I was at school, I didn't have a um, didn't have a mobile phone you you know it wasn't I think the internet was just coming out when I was at school you know so you didn't have um mm. but then it was like dial-up you know you wasn't on Instagram yeah. <laughs> and you know Facebook you didn't have all of these sort of social media so you did sort of see things in in magazines but it was it felt more when I was at school sort of comparing yourself to your peers rather yeah. than um and maybe some famous people you know I remember wanting to look like Kylie Minogue um <laughs> <laughs> but you know but you don't have the sort of access to all of these um you know sort of images in the same yeah. way you do now um that's know, so true with might... the social media isn't it just like and 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 everything that you can do on the app yourself um to make yourself look better you know and and seeing those images so i can yeah imagine it's actually tougher now uh for teenagers and kids growing up because they're accessing that and seeing that a lot more than we were absolutely because as well it doesn't even feel like there's just this focus on being smaller being thinner there's this focus on sort of different body parts you know as well so it's um have you you know have you got bold have you got sort of a flab under your arms you know (laughs) can you see sort of you know can you see um you know, I don't know, fat on your back and, and you're able to zoom in. And you know what, Selena, I remember yeah. um, when I was growing up, you didn't have digital cameras, you know, so you would, yeah. you know, you would go and buy a disposable camera or whatnot, or, you know, you had a camera and you would get the pictures printed. And that was even when I'm sort of thinking into my um, early 20s, I think. Because I remember sort of going on like... holidays with friends and we would have like take photos all week and then you know you'd wait till the end of the week to sort of get them printed out and look at the photo and I remember the first time being away with a friend and this guy had taken a photo of us on a um this little camera and we could obviously see it in immediate time and we had to go back to the apartment because she was like I don't like my outfit we're going back to get changed because she'd seen it back on um on the camera, whereas mm. you, that wouldn't have happened before because it would just be like, well, you're on holiday, you're living your life, you'll see the photos once you see the photos. And, you so know, and I think, 
it's no trick. And, yeah. and I, you know, I'm a bit guilty of, mm. and I, you know, I need to stop this, but I am a bit guilty of zooming in at pictures yeah. of myself. So I will completely zoom in, no matter what it is. You know, I'll find something to zoom in <laughs> on. And then that will yeah. just become the, the focus. focal point. Yeah. And I just think yeah. this is not healthy Laura no (laughs) yeah and you know it don't you you're like this is not healthy why am I doing it but you still can't help but do it and it's so true what you said about the disposable cameras you just used to take your photos then develop them and just think oh that one's not very good or how funny is that like you just didn't give it a second thought now it's like right no I don't like that one and I'll do it myself you know oh no can you take another one please I don't like that one (laughs) absolutely delete 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 yeah Yeah. completely (laughs) completely and it's um yeah, I mean, it's a shame, isn't it? Because it, I think it's sort of, well, I was struck by what you said about, um, you know, uh, earlier you were saying that almost sort of the preoccupation with food mm. becomes an, becomes another task. And, you know, so when you're not doing that, it frees you up. And I guess I'm sort of um, thinking as well that, you know, when you're focusing on these pictures and you're sort of having to get multiple pictures, you know, it takes you away from the moments, from the fun, from, you know, from yeah. what was happening at that time. Yeah, that's really true because, yeah, instead of focusing on the, the fun thing that you're meant to be doing, you're focusing on what you're looking like or what your outfit looks like. or Completely. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like your studies has been a real anchor for you in terms of um, your relationship with food. Yeah, for me, it it really has. And I know that for a lot of students um, who study sort of, you know, uh, nutrition or going to dietetics, it can be the opposite way. I can't remember. I was reading reading someone's book. I can't remember whose it was now, but they were saying, you know, a lot of nutrition students do come out with disordered eating or, you know, concerns about food. So it can go, I guess, one way or the other. For me, it's been quite good for me uh, because it's helped me relax my relationship with food because you know I know that having a cake is you know not I can eat a cake it's not it's not going to be bad for me it's not the end of the world or you know I can eat carbs I don't need to cut them out so it's really taught me a lot about food because there's so much you know misinformation out there that you get fed you get fed on tv social media magazines everywhere you go so for me it really helped me sort of put you know make sense of everything um and and that really helped me. But I can see that maybe studying it, you might know too much and that might make you go the opposite way and worry too much about what you're eating. So, yeah, for me, it's been good. But I know for, for other people, it might it might go the opposite way. So I guess there's, sort of, there's a balance to be had sort of on, you know, on one end of the spectrum, you know, knowledge is power. And yeah. I guess on the other, it's like almost sort of sometimes the too much, you know, you can be obsessive about that as well. Yeah, yeah. And so what about food waste? What do you do well in terms of food waste? Um, well, do you know what? I, I like to think that we're quite good at home um, in, in terms of what we do. You know, I, I try and make sure everything we buy, we use up. And I don't like to overbuy food. You know, I do my weekly shop and, um, you know, that everything has to be used before we get the next lot of uh, food in the house and things like that. So, um, you know, n- not a lot goes to waste and and I'm I guess I'm quite lucky because um you know I'm quite creative I like getting you know making up new recipes coming up with new dishes and I find it quite satisfying when I have got these odd bits at the end of the week 
and then I create something that's really nice and I'm like oh I, that was really nice like you know they would these were just odd bits you know at the end of the week and, and we've put them all together and we've made something really really nice so um we're quite good at doing that but I can appreciate you know not everybody thinks like that um so yeah we, I love I love creating new dishes out of those odd bits at the end of the week and um you know I don't peel my vegetables where I don't have to so you know all my mash has the skin on I don't I can't remember the last time I got a peeler out you know I don't pull my carrot so I, I like to where I can keep all the the skins on my veg um things like using up all the the brook the cauliflower leaves and the broccoli stalks and things like that um so yeah and just you know reinventing our leftovers uh you know I say to people you know okay you've got leftovers you might not want to eat the same thing but can you make something you know new out of that or if you've got leftover mashed potato from sausage and mash can you turn that into fish cakes the next day so I like yeah I like to think that we're quite good at home for for not sort of um wasting too much and I like to you know say to the kids you know then I might say this is for dinner tonight and they'll just maybe moan and I'm like well this is what's at home it needs to be used up if we don't use it today it's gonna you know go out of date it needs to be used so you know you we're so used to, I think, having what we want when we want it. Um, so I'm, yeah, quite firm at home that if something needs using, that's what we're having, whether whether we you like it or not, because <laughs> it needs to be used. Yeah, I think it's actually an important point. We are so used to having what we want when we want. Yeah. And so what's something that you've created recently based on what you've got? Oh God! So, um, well, I've got some pears that I need to use up there in the in, in the um, in the fruit bowl at the moment. So I've told the kids I'm going to make a compote with that. So I'm going to make a pear and ginger compote to go on top of our porridge. Because um, you know when they just go a bit sorry. soft, yeah. That sounds incredible. <laughs> I'm loving the sound of that. Oh my God! How nice ginger and pear compote. Yeah, it's lovely. So. I think I've got some, if I don't have fresh ginger at home, but I would have grated some of that in, but I think I've got some stem ginger left. Um, so I had a bit of the syrup and cut up some stem ginger. And I think, oh, and I think I might have some like fiery ginger in the cupboard or something. So yeah, I'll put, yeah, the compote, chop up the pears again, leave all the skins on um, and yeah, just reduce that, add some of the stem ginger. And then, yeah, that will go on top of our porridge tomorrow, uh, which will be really nice and uh what i tend to do a lot with carrots because i always tend to have quite a few carrots uh left over i'll always make a soup um soup is actually one of my one of my go-tos um at the end of the week when i've just got these odd bits left because my little one he doesn't tend to you know he'll eat his veg but he's a little bit more fussy than my older one but he loves his soup so when it comes to the end of the week and i've got like i don't know an odd carrot and a uh, I don't know a courgette left over and something else and something else I'll just bung it all in a pot with some lentils cook it down with some herbs and things like that and I'll just make a soup out of it and he, he absolutely loves that and then it means I can put some in the freezer as well for for a day when I haven't got time to cook as well and what a fantastic way of sneaking more vegetables in his diet I know I know and he loves it so I'll always tell him what's in it and he he'll love it but if I just chopped it up and put it on his plate He's like, no, I don't like that. So <laughs> he was like, I'll have it in a soup. So, yeah, that's a really good way of getting those those vegetables that he won't normally eat. Uh, yeah, if they're just chopped up on his plate, but he'll he'll eat them in a soup. 
And it's got me thinking, because I guess things are in different textures as well, aren't they? You know, I suppose, mm. um, you know, I, like I guess I'm thinking, you know, like see, eating raw onions is very different to having them cooked in mm. a dish. And um, I mean, I'll eat any type of carrots, but I much prefer raw carrots to cooked carrots. And, you know, and if vegetables overcooked, it's not the greatest in terms of texture. So I suppose there's... Um, all of those things to consider, isn't there? Because, you know, I think especially when children are concerned, because it might mm. not just be they don't like that fruit or veg, but it might be something about the texture, the skin, the, you know, the sort of the flavour. Yeah. And and for, for him, I've really noticed he's very texture based. So he um, there's a there's quite a lot of foods he is funny with the texture with. So, yeah, he won't eat it one way, but he'll eat it another way. So it's funny that you picked up on the on the texture thing because that is him. He's really, um, you know, funny with some textures, but he'll he'll eat it if I if I cook it into something different. And yeah, some I can't think of it now, but there's some definitely some fruits he won't eat one way, but he'll eat if I serve it to him in a different way so um, yeah I guess it's just finding out yeah not just saying oh, okay they don't like the carrot maybe can I serve this in a different way and they might eat you know might eat it or try it try it serving it serving it differently I think you know sort of mm. I mean for adults but definitely children I think sort of getting them involved you know them feeling they've got a sense of autonomy and they can make choices in terms of food yeah definitely giving them um you know a choice you know, do you want your carrots raw or cooked or do you want broccoli or carrots tonight? At least then, you know, they're having veg, but they've got a little bit of choice. They feel they're, they've got a little bit of control there almost as to what, you know, what they're serving, but you're still giving them the food that you want to give them at the same time. Yeah, yeah, you've got to give them yeah. limit, limit, limit yeah. choices. Don't give them too many yeah. choices. Yeah, you've got to give them, you know, you could choose from A, B and C. They can't start choosing from D, E and oh, F as well. Oh, problems. God, I know, I know. God, I, I'd like to um, see what they would do if I did that for a week, just letting them choose what meals we're having. I think that would be quite interesting. Yeah, what do you think they'd yeah. pick? Oh, oh, I don't even know. Oh, the lit- I know what my younger one would pick. He'd want Weetabix every night. He loves his Weetabix so much. He'd have it for dinner as well. Sometimes he's like, Mum, I'm just going to have um, Weetabix tonight. And I'm like, no, you're not. I'm cooking dinner. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would love him on those adverts, wouldn't they? You know, all those adverts that Weetabix did, you know, eating yeah. Weetabix the variety of ways. Didn't they have something when there was like baked beans or something called Oh, my God. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. Never tried it, but I saw it. No, going I've not tried it. <laughs> <laughs> I've not tried it, but he could be an ambassador. He for could. Him. I'm sure he'd try that. He loves baked beans. <laughs> yeah, he loves baked beans. But oh god, yeah, he yeah he would have uh, Weetabix for breakfast, lunch, and dinner if I let him. I think. <laughs> and is there anything that you want to do more of in terms of food waste? Um. Oh, let me try and think now. Um. So. I know we're quite good at using what we have in, but then I feel like I order what I know I'm going to use or what I can use and and things like that. So it then maybe stops me being a little bit adventurous. And, you know, I always do say, you know, meal prepping and and planning your meals can, you know, help you, you know, reduce the waste that you have and it brings variety. But sometimes I don't always plan my meals myself. So um maybe getting 
you know, because if I just ordered a few new ingredients, then I don't know if I would use them. Um, so maybe getting better at planning meals to try new things so then they don't go to waste and we're actually using them. So if I, yeah, maybe get better at meal planning, um, that would be good. And I drink a lot of coffee, uh, but I don't ever really know what to do with the the coffee once you've used it. So I'd like to, I know I had a friend who used to make body scrubs and things out of it um, and things like that. So maybe try and, I don't know, do something creative with that um, because I, I find that a lot of that um, goes to waste. Um, and I guess as well, I want to start um, on my sort of page giving people you know, more ideas that, you know, occasionally I might have made something and I'll put a quick story on saying I've used this with our leftover mashed potato or we had this left at the end of the week and this is what we made. But maybe being a bit more regular in that or opening up the question box to people and saying, you know, uh, have you got something that needs using up but you can't think of what to make and I'll give you some ideas or, you know, maybe a bit of like a, you know, like a ready, steady cook bag. Someone comes to you and says, I've got this, this and this left at the end of the week. What can I make? And and giving people ideas um, of how they can then help them. Uh, their uh, families help them reduce their waste they're doing as well brilliant absolutely love it I mean especially with a coffee actually because um yeah I mean my coffee um once it's used it just uh, grounds it just goes in uh, my food waste mm. bin and yeah like you said I think you know it's quite a few uses isn't it? I think some people have done like facial scrubs with them and yeah you can you can even put them into your plants can't you I'm sure I did read that yeah I did read that um I'm really bad I I love my plants but sometimes my mother-in-law has to come over and sort of check up on them and things like that so yeah if I can put them in in my plant what do you do 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 you know what you do Do you just put them on like soil or I did read that they were good for plants but I'm not quite sure what to do yeah I've read that and I've and I've read that I think they're sort of good as well if you're growing veg so I don't know if it's something about the coffee granules that then helps the soil um, yeah that almost acts as a bit of a natural fertilizer I mean yeah um, yeah because I stopped using the um I stopped using the pods. Uh, I got a different coffee machine, so I didn't have to use the pods. So I wasn't using all of, you know, the plastic pods. But then I was like, I've still got all this coffee, this ground coffee. So, yeah, finding something to do with that would be good. So we were sort of growing vegetables. So maybe we'll give that another try and, and pop it on there. And also I liked what you said about trying different um foods as well you know so sort of trying something different and because I think it can be tricky can't it because I think sometimes the fear of trying something new is well what if I try something new and I don't like it or I can't use it and then it gets wasted so you stick with what you know Um, yeah but then also you sort of feel like you're missing out you're not you know your diet might not be as varied and um and it's nice to be able to think outside the box a bit yeah, because I've done it before, you know, I think, oh, do you know what? I've never used that before. I've never cooked with that before. I want to try this. And then you buy it, then you're even not sure what to do with it or what to make with it. So then you don't end up using it. And then I just get stuck in that rut of, I'll, I'll just order the same things, like, um, over and over again. So, yeah, definitely, I think, you know, adding more variety in. But then that definitely requires more planning for me to make sure it doesn't go to waste yeah or, or starting slow you know mm. my um 
my niece, Monica, she was actually yeah. on the second episode. I can't remember if she was talking about this when she was on. But what she was doing at one point was, she actually might have spoken about this, but she was buying a different sort of, you know, she'd be going to her um, sort of local market and she was mm. buying a different fruit that she hadn't. Oh, I think she did talk about this. Can we talk about a prickly pear or something? And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so she'd be buying a different fruit that she's not had before and trying that you know and just buying a one so whenever she's going she just would buy something that she's not tried before and yeah and because as well I think sometimes we almost don't we also don't give um ourselves sort of we don't think about how much actually our taste our our taste can change as well sort of Mm. over over time time and yeah and I and I guess I'm sort of thinking now and coming back to what we were saying about textures you know like I was never a fan of avocado growing up. Um, Even in my 20s, I was not a fan of avocado. You know, I just thought it tasted a bit bland. I didn't really like the texture until I was in New York with a friend and we was getting guacamole and that was it. (laughs) You were converted. Converted. Loved the guacamole. And I'm now a big fan of avocado. um, So, yeah, Yeah, it's it's like with children, you need to keep, yeah, offering it to them because, you know, one day they might surprise you and they'll be like, oh, I love it. So I always say, yeah, just give it a try. Yeah, it's such an important point. So I think either eating something a bit differently or, like you said, keep at it because, you know, I've read somewhere as well that it takes um, eight to ten times of trying yeah. a food to, to determine whether you like it. And and I used to hate olives. Mm. and But I was determined to like olives <laughs> because, um, well, just sort of Thanks. heard that, you know... <laughs> They're so yeah, cool, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're cool. You know, like they're, I've heard, like they're good, they're great for your skin, and you know, and and my best friend loves olives, so I would sort of be on holidays with her, and she'd just be getting pots of olives and eating them. But I was like, you know, no. oh, they're foul. But yeah, but I just thought this is it. Now I sort of got really, de- I went on this mission to like olives. So I was determined to <laughs> to um, like it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so actually, I sort of did things like. Um, Oh, so sometimes, so sometimes if I was at lunch with um, my work bestie and I went to like a supermarket salad bar, yeah. I would add some of the olives in there and I would eat a couple. And if it got to the point where I thought I can't eat anymore, I would give the rest to him. Like he was in on his mission as well. Yeah. You know, like things like if I went out for a pasta dish, normally if I might have said I don't want it with olives, I would include the olives. Um, yeah. I love just, that. Or have them... Yeah, having chopped up small and now, yeah, and then you know, so it was almost like this sort of gradual introduction into um, my diet. And now I'm the sort of, I'm the person that could be on holiday and just get a pot of olives and eat them without uh, batting an eyelid. Oh Whereas, wow, Selena, I kid you not. You know, there was like, you know, if I'd eaten something and I didn't realise there was an olive in it, say it was like breaded and I put yeah. it in my mouth, you know, I what there was a pot, I would have spat that out, you know, like whereas. Um, now I wouldn't give it a second thought. So now could, you all do yeah. them and yeah, enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really weird, isn't it? It's, yeah. um, you definitely have to give things a go. I always think like, yeah, just keep trying because you just never know. And you were obviously on a really determined to like olives, so you did really well <laughs> though, to, uh, to like it. But saying that, saying that, um, when I uh, first got with my partner, he hated coffee. He just, you know, he hated it. Um, and I obviously like to drink coffee and now he loves a coffee. So, you know, over time I was like, yeah, I think you will like coffee. And a bit now he drinks it and he loves it. 
Um, but yeah, as an adult, we grew up and he hated it. So yeah, you just over time your taste can change. Definitely, and I guess you saying that has made me think about the importance of influence as well. Because no doubt you, you know, you sort of influenced him, even if it's just sort of yeah. subconsciously. But I'm thinking, you know, like my mission with olives started because you know my friend would be eating these olives and I think oh well I want to eat olives as well oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I like olives yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna like them too she's doing it I'm doing it yeah you uh, know um, and I think the same sort of thing with children you know we're often we pick up whatever's happening in our environment don't we yeah no it's so true and like even now like so I don't know take peppers for instance so my little one went for he loved them eating them all the time he hate he's like mum I hate them I hate them I don't like them and I was like you you can't say that like you're just eating it like last week or last do you know what I mean you couldn't get enough of them and now he's just like really detests them I was I was like you just don't fancy them today should we just say that so yeah they, they, they chop and change their mind but definitely um if they don't like something, I always just, yeah, just put it on their plate because he'll pick it up again eventually. And then the next month he'll love them again. So, and, I, yeah, and I really like what you said there about, you know, like, you, you know, perhaps we don't say you hate them, but you just don't fancy it today. I think that's mm. important. Because words carry meaning, don't they? And mm. I think, um, yeah, it's important in how you phrase things because I'm thinking... Well, you know, say, for example, with the olives, if I'm thinking, oh, they're disgusting, you know, when yeah. I'm thinking they're disgusting, it's not going to sort of inspire me to want to carry on eating them, you know, yeah. that sort of real loaded statements. But I guess if you're able to say things like, um, oh, well, that one, you know, tasted a bit salty, I'm going to try a different um, variation, or it's a bit strong, I'm going to chop it up, or like you said, you know, perhaps I'm not going to fancy that, but I might try it this way. It's, yeah. Um, changes things yeah just looking at it a little bit differently rather than just i hate and put it to one side and never eat it again completely 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 and so what sort of changes would you want to see in the world then in terms of food food waste oh god big question um it is a big question it is a big question Um, well, God, I know there's like obviously so many big important things that, you know, can be done. But for me, I, I think it's, you know, starting small and starting at home and, you know, maybe shifting people's views and habits and just starting with small little changes, you know, just um, in terms of food waste, just, you know, thinking, um, showing people, you know, how how to shop or knowing what to do with their their leftovers or bringing them confidence in knowing what to do with those odd bits that are just left in the fridge and you know knowing how to be flexible and adaptable and if I don't know they've come across a recipe um you know knowing thinking oh I haven't got that but I've got this I'll I'll try that instead and you know just using the own judgment on beyond the dates that you get on the packet and you know knowing that you know you can use your judgment as well um yeah, so I just think, yeah, starting just getting people just 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 to change what they're doing at home, um, just to make a little bit of a difference. Because like I said before, I just think people just, you know, we're we're in a time where we just get what we want, where we want it. If you think, oh, I don't fancy that, this is what I've got at home, but I don't fancy that, I fancy this, and then that other thing might, you know, end up in the bin somewhere or even if you don't fancy it can you cook it up and then freeze that meal and then have the thing that you fancied 
um, or something like that, you know. And when I first um, got with my partner, I remember, you know, I always used to go to the reduced section and get bits and bobs from there and meet. And he was like horrified thinking, oh, my God, you can't buy it from here. It's not going to be any good. You're going to make me ill and things like that. Um, so, yeah, just I think pay- changes people, t- changing people's um you know, the way they, they see, uh, you know, the reduced section or, you know, accepting food from others. I've always got, you know, say if I pop to my mother-in-law, she's like, I'm not going to use this. So I'll quite happily take it per hands and I'll, and I'll use it and, and things like that. So, yeah, just little small changes, I think. And, and starting small as well and not trying to overwhelm yourself with sort of all the changes that you want to make and doing them all at once. Um, I always believe, you know, small steps lead to, to big things um so yeah that would be in the terms of food waste and then in terms of just food in general I just think changing um you know people's perception of like health and nutrition and and what it really is and cutting out all that misinformation you know like we were talking about at the beginning and stop people fearing food and you know spending their whole lives trying to look a certain way and going on all these crazy dangerous diets and things like that so in terms of food I'd like to see sort of that sort of change and in terms of food waste just you know encouraging people to just have shopping and using using up the food and having the confidence to do it and with the food waste you raise so many important points especially around starting small with where you are you know and almost starting at home as well because I think sometimes we can feel so overwhelmed um mm. with sort of changes that need to be made or you know sort of the way the world is that it can end up meaning we do nothing yeah yeah you know, so sometimes I've heard people saying things like well you know nothing changes in terms of food waste and sustainability and all things change on a um political level and you know and I'm not saying there's not a lot um I'm not saying there's not something to that argument but sometimes mm. also if we're sort of thinking like that it means that we then do nothing or we become a bit sort of paralyzed by that as well and um yeah you think you, know. you think oh what can possibly change if it's just me or just you know one what's one small change going to do but you know after you've made that small change and you can make another change in it over time I think it does sort of you know make a difference to how we're living day to day definitely 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 and I think it also makes a difference to sort of how we're feeling how we're thinking and um you know our own sort of sense of well-being as well which is important because once all of those things are in place then we're Mm. in a much greater position to go and do more outside in the world yeah no that's that's so true you know and everything that you're saying as well I think yeah really sort of challenging what it means in terms of health and I mean it's a nice crossover with what you were saying about your partner saying you know basically you're gonna put me in danger by buying his food so I think there's almost something about challenging those perceptions around food waste and being gifted food and accepting food and also sort of challenging what it means to be you know doing air quotes but what it means to be sort of healthy and you know challenging the notion of um what body ideals and you know what's good food what's bad food and yeah and just you know not not just sort of like living your life just to look this certain way or you know looking at someone else and thinking I want to look like them and you know because like we were talking about before it just steals away the moment that you're in if you're always sort of focusing on on those sorts of things rather than you know 
what health actually is and it's so much more than just what you're eating isn't it it's about sort of your mental state your physical well-being how stressed you are all the other things that are going on in life and and things like that so you know it's just one piece of the puzzle isn't it it is and you know and all of us are growing older the world doesn't stop turning you know and we've spoken about sort of what it you know sort of various points in life so sort of being at school being in sort of you know early 20s partying holidays being out with friends having a family you know so over time over life events our body changes our relationship with food changes nothing stays the same Mm. yeah it's always always evolving isn't it and changing and uh, a journey it's never going to be sort of the same is it no no absolutely I think that's important isn't it it's it's a journey rather than a destination exactly and what's the other thing they say is the progress not perfection so yeah just you know definitely definitely (laughs) yeah Yeah. so just making those small, small changes on your journey and yeah just doing the best that you can I think really and um yeah, just like we said, just taking it one step at a time. Yeah, I think doing what you can with what you've got. And like you said, taking it one step at a time. I mean, there's no major rush, is there? No, because I, I feel like that. Sometimes I think, oh, my God, I've got to do this major thing. And then it becomes really overwhelming. But when you break it down and sort of, you know, break it down into the, the smaller things that you can do, um then yeah just when you look back when you look back you're like oh actually I've done quite a lot so true especially when you sort of look back and and see where you've come from where you were you know like when Mm. you're talking about your past relationship with food and you was talking about different diets that you've done and sort of the Atkins and the shakes and sort of being preoccupied with weight and just exercising to lose weight and you know and then getting to the point where almost you were sort of becoming or secondary when you had kids and to now you know about to be a registered nutritionist and you know with a first class degree is it yes yes Um, (laughs) you know what a journey yeah yeah and I think that's how I got through my degree as well was just just taking it one step at a time um because people are like oh you know how did you do it and covid and kids and all that sort of stuff but yeah I just think again just taking it one step at a time looking at the small little you know pieces of coursework and exams I had to do along the way um and then yeah end up to where where I am now so yeah really although it hasn't the 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 past journey hasn't always been sort of probably sort of the best one it's sort of led me to where I am today because if I hadn't have gone through that sort of journey and that relationship with food I wouldn't have probably then found sort of my love for nutrition and and knowing what I want to do now yeah 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 absolutely absolutely so important so I guess it's sort of embracing all parts of the journey as well you know sort of the ups and downs the delays the the, um you know I don't know this train is now terminating at this station yeah yeah, you know you're on a journey you've got to be on that journey haven't you no journey it's not gonna stop (laughs) No, no, yeah. no, and it's not smooth sailing. And it's just taking the positives, isn't it, from each of those things. And, you know, it, it, it all happens for a reason, I guess, doesn't it? 
yeah it does yeah. you know and yeah and I suppose the phrase it feels like the phrase of sort of covid and lockdown has been it is what it is oh yeah I know <laughs> <laughs> yeah Selena, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. I've absolutely loved it. Thank you so um, much. If people want to find you, where's the best place to do that? Um, so I'm mainly over on Instagram. So my handle's the underscore lifestyle underscore nutritionist. Um, and then, yeah, I'm also over on Facebook and Twitter, but I mainly use Instagram. So the Instagram is um, at the underscore lifestyle underscore nutritionist. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. And yeah, and you know, and I guess this is the time to snap you up for clients, is it? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. So hopefully, um, uh, you know, I'll have my confirmation that uh, I'm registered soon uh, and yeah, ready to start taking on clients and seeing people. So yeah, come on over, find me on um, Instagram and um, yeah, send me a DM. Amazing. Well, all the very best of luck with it. Take care. Thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you. Raiders, it was a horny melon that Monica and I were talking about in episode two. Not a prickly pear. It's just come to me. But what a great guest was Selena. I love everything that she spoke about, our relationship with um, food, our body, through different points in our lives, overcoming being a fussy eater, how you can cater to picky children. Amazing. So definitely check her out. And if you liked that episode, please don't forget to rate, review, share and subscribe. Until next week, Raiders, take care. Bye.